It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. In his budget, the Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, announces a $10,000 cash handout to boost spending and help people struggling in the current crisis. Mr Chan also warns of a deficit of almost $140 billion, with massive government spending planned to shore up the economy, and US health officials step up their warnings about the coronavirus. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, has heeded calls from across the political spectrum for a $10,000 cash handout to adult residents. Unveiling the relief measure in his latest budget, he said it would boost local spending and ease pressure on people struggling in the current crisis. Mr Chan called it an exceptional measure. Wendy Wong has details. The much-anticipated cash handout will cost the government a massive $71 billion, but the finance chief Paul Chan said he considered that despite the fiscal deficit, the government should do a bit more to help the city weather tough economic times. He said the city's 7 million permanent residents aged 18 or above will get $10,000. He stressed that this payout was an exceptional measure taken because of unique circumstances and would not impose a burden on the government's long-term fiscal position. He said the government would announce the details of the scheme as soon as possible after obtaining funding approval from the Legislative Council. As well as the cash handouts, Mr. Chen announced salaries tax reductions for this year of up to $20,000, benefiting 1.95 million taxpayers. The measure will cost the government $18.8 billion. For flat owners, rates will be waived for the current fiscal year 2020-2021, capped at $1,500 per quarter. This measure will cost the government $13.3 billion. For the grassroots, an extra amount of payment will be given to recipients of the Comprehensive Social Security Assistance, Old Age Living Allowance, Disability Allowance and Work Incentive Transport Subsidy. The government will also waive one month's rent for low-income tenants living in public housing estates. The Financial Secretary also announced handouts for business with profits tax deductions of up to $20,000 for this fiscal year to help them weather the downturn from the COVID-19 outbreak. Mr Chan said that would reduce the government's uh, revenue by $2 billion. He also announced rates waivers for non-residential properties of up to $13,000 for the year. The minister also plans to waive business registration fees for this year, as well as setting up a low-interest loan scheme for small and medium-sized enterprises of up to $2 million, which will be 100% government guaranteed. Hong Kong recorded a lower-than-expected budget deficit of nearly $38 billion for the last year, but financial set, but Mr Chan expects that to increase by fourfold in the coming year. And he says he's forecasting fiscal deficits for the four years after that as well. Richard Pine has details. This is the Hong Kong government's first deficit in 15 years. At $37.8 billion, it's lower than what many had feared, even though revenues from profits tax, salaries tax and stamp duties were substantially lower than originally forecast. Expenditure for the past year was also up, $3.6 billion higher than originally estimated, mainly due to the setting up of the government's anti-epidemic fund. Expenditure for next year is also expected to jump by nearly 17% as the government seeks to stimulate the economy and ease people's burdens. Recurrent expenditure will account for three-fifths of total spending at over $280 billion. Paul Chan estimates next year's deficit will be $139.1 billion, accounting for 4.8% of GDP and more than double the record deficit of $63.3 billion in 2004. Mr. Chan says that's mainly down to the one-off relief measures in this year's budget. Mr. Chan says there will be deficits over the next five years as government revenues can't keep up with the drastic increases in government expenditure. 
He says recurrent expenditure has rapidly increased since the handover, from $150 billion to almost $500 billion this year. He says such rapid growth is not sustainable. Mr Chan warned that the city may need to start reducing its one-off relief measures and also need to consider seeking new sources of revenue or revising tax rates. The financial secretary earmarked an extra $3 billion a year for the hospital authority to help it cope with Hong Kong's ageing population, boosting recurrent funding to $75 billion. It's also allocated an extra $600 million to help the HA increase manpower, given the surging demand for public hospital services. Speaking through an interpreter, Mr Chan said the government would ensure health authorities had the resources they needed to combat the coronavirus outbreak. Currently, the most pressing task for the government are to control the epidemic and stabilize our economy. On epidemic prevention and control, the government is proactively sourcing anti-epidemic supplies worldwide while stabilizing and facilitating local production of these supplies to meet part of the demand. The anti-epidemic fund will also help strengthen such efforts and also provide sufficient financial support for the authority and the Department of Health in combating the epidemic. Mr Chan rolled out measures to aid sectors such as tourism and innovation and technology. He said $3 billion would be earmarked for the potential expansion of the science park and another $2 billion would go to the park to convert an old factory in Yunlong into a microelectronics centre. He said $700 million will be allocated to the tourism board to revive the sector, which is struggling under the impact of social unrest last year and the spread of COVID-19 this year. He added that $900 million will be provided to an arts development council scheme to promote sponsorship of culture and the arts. The Financial Secretary made several proposals to help young people in his budget. They include paying examination fees for for school's candidates sitting next year's Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education examination. This will cost the government about $150 million. The government also plans to offer more internship opportunities by substantially increasing the short-term government internship places in the next financial year to almost 5,000. In other news, China has quarantined 94 air passengers arriving from Seoul after three people on the flight were discovered to have fever. State broadcaster CCTV said the three passengers were all Chinese and were immediately isolated in hospital on arrival in the city of Nanjing yesterday. The 94 people who'd sat near them on the plane were quarantined at a hotel. The mainland has reported 400 new cases and 52 new deaths, bringing its death toll to over 2,700. South Korea has reported almost 170 new cases, taking its tally to over 1,100, while an 11th person has died of the disease. A U.S. soldier stationed 30 kilometers north of Daegu, a virus hotspot, has become the first U.S. serviceman to test positive for the virus. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she'll today announce details of chartered flights to rescue Hong Kong residents in Hubei province, the epicenter of the epidemic. In a social media post, Mrs Lam said mainland and local officials met to discuss how to transport evacuees to the airport, as well as how to minimise public health risk on board the flights and the quarantine arrangements in Hong Kong. There are around 2,700 Hong Kong residents who have been stuck in Hubei since authorities closed off the province in late January. Health officials in the United States have stepped up their warnings about the virus. A senior figure at the U.S. Disease Control Agency, Dr. Nancy Massonier, warned that there could be severe disruption to everyday life in the United States. As more and more countries experience community spread, successful containment at our borders becomes harder and harder. Ultimately, we expect we will see community spread in this country. Some community-level interventions that may be most effective in reducing the spread of a new virus 
like school closures, are also the most likely to be associated with unwanted consequences. The comments fueled further sharp falls on stock markets. The Dow in New York has slumped more than 6% since opening on Monday. And the coronavirus sparked sharp falls for the second day running on markets on stock markets in Europe as well. The Dow in New York, the Trump administration's economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, however, said he didn't believe the coronavirus would result in an economic tragedy. And so far as containment is concerned, we have tightly contained this, tightly contained this. So it's an early success for our side, uh, but we'll see in the next few weeks. Long run, I mean, I really believe this. Our economy's in good shape. This virus won't last forever. We have contained it. Latin America's first case of the coronavirus has been recorded in Brazil as the disease continues to spread around the world. A man has tested positive for the virus after returning from a business trip to Italy. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. The 61-year-old man arrived back in Sao Paulo feeling mild flu symptoms and a few days later came forward to be tested. He flew from Milan last Friday after spending two weeks in northern Italy and arrived back in Brazil at the height of the carnival festivities when millions of people travel around the country. The health authorities fear the timing of his return makes it more likely the disease could have spread. Several cases of coronavirus had been investigated in Mexico, Colombia and other countries in Latin America, but no one had tested positive until now. The left-wing senator Bernie Sanders has come under a concerted attack by opponents attempting to stop him becoming the U.S. Democratic Party's presidential nominee. In an often bad-tempered television debate, Mr. Sanders was criticised over his plan for universal health care and his stance on gun control. Michael Bloomberg also said Russia was helping Mr. Sanders because it was certain he would lose to President Trump in November. The BBC's Anthony Zerka explains the debate's importance for Mr. Sanders' rivals. This is the last chance for a lot of these candidates to stop the momentum that Bernie Sanders has built up from doing very well in Iowa, from winning the New Hampshire primary, from winning by a wide margin the Nevada caucuses. This is the last debate before the South Carolina primary on Saturday and before 14 states hold their primaries on Super Tuesday this this coming Tuesday. So if they don't land some blows on him now, blunt his momentum, try to ding him a bit, then this This race could effectively be over by next week. British scientists say they've discovered that babies brought up in bilingual homes are faster in switching between tasks. Researchers recorded the reactions of more than 100 babies aged between 7 and 9 months old when they were shown a succession of pictures. Half the infants were raised in two language homes, the rest had monolingual parents. The scientists said the babies from bilingual homes were 33% quicker to notice when new pictures appeared. To finance now and currencies, the euro stands at one US dollar and eight cents. The dollar is worth 110 yen and the pound is trading at 10 Hong Kong dollars and seven cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,754. That's 138 points down on the previous close. Turnover stood at $67.8 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
We start with Champions League football, where Bayern Munich have one foot in the quarterfinals after a dominant last 16 first leg victory at Chelsea. Two goals from Serge Gnabry and one from Robert Lewandowski gave Bayern a 3-0 win, while Chelsea suffered their worst home defeat in the Champions League. After the match, the Chelsea boss Frank Lampard conceded his side were outclassed by the German champions. Well, we have to be honest. Bayern deserve to win the game. Um, we could have done better in, in lots of senses. Better on the ball, better off the ball. We never had a real confidence the way we played in the first half. I know we were in the game and we created some chances, but I want us to play more than that. Um, and Bayern looked more comfortable. Um, there were a couple of small good elements for it, but it was a, a harsh lesson today in, in the top level of Champions League. Now, this club, we know we've had some great years in it. I, I know the levels that it is and it's the best. Uh, and today we weren't the best. So we just have to hold our hands up to that. In the other last 16 first leg, Antoine Griezmann came to Barcelona's rescue as they drew one all away to Napoli. More from the BBC's Rob Schofield. After half an hour, Dries Mertens curled in a beautiful goal from outside the box to move level with Marek Hamšík on the all-time scoring charts for Napoli, his 121st for the club. He'll be a free agent, the Belgian, in the summer. Napoli were playing on the break, keeping things tight at the back, and it was working for them. But Barca up the pace in the second half. Just before the hour mark, Antoine Griezmann equalised a ball across the box that he smashed home. But it must be said that Barcelona were below par throughout here. That goal... That crucial away goal for them, their only attempt on target. The Milwaukee Bucks are the first team in the NBA to reach 50 wins as they held off the Toronto Raptors in a clash off the top two in the East. Chris Middleton stepped up for the Bucks once again. A night after scoring 40 in an overtime win in Washington, the All-Star forward led Milwaukee with 22 points, while Yanis Antetokounmpo dominated the glass with 19 rebounds to go with his 19 points. The Bucks won 108-97 to open an eight-game lead over the Raptors. In the NHL, the emergency goalie David Ayres received a celebrity reception in Raleigh, North Carolina, as he watched the Hurricanes lose at home to the Dallas Stars. The 42-year-old Zamboni driver made headlines this past weekend when he filled in for Carolina's injured goalie midway through a game in Toronto and helped the visiting team to victory in his first-ever NHL action. The Canes could have used his services today. They lost 4-1 to the Stars, despite outshooting the opposition 41-16. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. In his budget, the financial secretary, Paul Chan, announces a $10,000 cash handout to boost spending and help people struggling in the current health crisis. Mr Chan also warns of a deficit of almost $140 billion, with massive government spending planned to shore up the economy. And US health officials step up their warnings about the coronavirus. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 26th of February is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew and also to the team, Peter Lewis and Hugh Chiverton earlier with the budget with Paul Chan. We've got a busy program today. Uh, uh, first of all, we're going to be chatting uh, with musician Brian Offenther about uh, what daily life is like in Shanghai. That's right. Brian is based in Shanghai and he'll be chatting a little bit more about what life has been like uh, amid the coronavirus outbreak in the mainland. He'll be joining us on the line in about 10 minutes or so. And after 2.30, uh, Cruzy McCalligan will be joining us for our midweek audio column. And this this week, uh, Cruz will be talking about polka dots. That's right. Uh, the fascinating origins and also the significance of the precise repetition. And we want to hear from you also. Uh, feel free to drop us an email. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. That's 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And as usual, some great music peppered throughout the program. Let's go back to the 90s.